So Patty, I thought we had a fantastic episode today. Laz uh, makes yeah. a great interviewee and uh, what he's doing. We just haven't talked about it really on the podcast at all that much as far as payroll, marketing, all these other no. services. And, 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 you know, and it's always been something that's in the back of my mind, you know, thinking this is something we really need to pursue because it's, it's a logical um, expansion of, yeah. of merchant services. Yep. And then um, I thought you did a really great job with your um, questions from the field, James. You want to give us a little taste of that? Yeah. You know, if you're an ISO or even an ISV and you're trying to figure out how to grow and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do 1099 agents or maybe an inside team or whatever, um, you really need to consider um, a W-2 full-time salary sales team. But here's the kicker. It's not going to cost you what you think, and it's not going to be financially risky the way you yeah. think. We, it's it's really a, something I've, I mentioned. I've done 17, 18 different clients now that I've worked with on this, and we have a really good process in place. This is something that can be done very reasonably. So um, then we transition over to you, Patty, kind of adding some data to the episode. So yeah, talk about that a little bit. Good, you know, some good numbers to sort of back up some of this stuff in terms of what's going on um, uh, with brick and mortar merchants in particular. So uh, stay tuned for that. And of course, this episode is brought to you by ISOAMP. Uh, you can uh, learn more about that. Go to the web at getisoamp.com. Awesome. Look at that. You're even remembering my website now, Patty. Thank hey, you. aren't I great? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, so, let's, let's dive into our interview. Let's do it. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey everybody, Patty and I are here today with Laz Calabas, who is the CEO and founder at SimPay. How are you doing today, Laz? Very good, James. How are you guys doing? Excellent. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing oh, good. great. So, so today we are going to talk about something that, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is struggling a little bit today too. So, But we're going to talk today about something we haven't talked about very much in the podcast. We talk a lot about this vertical integration and how you know we want to go after specific verticals. We want to integrate payments with point of sale and you know that sort of thing. And what you've done at SimPay, Laz, is kind of this horizontal integration, uh, meaning you've got payroll and marketing services and all these other things you're offering to business owners, insurance. So we want to dive into that today and talk about kind of how this is, you know, why you've made these decisions and how that's impacted margin. But before we dive in, I know you've been in the, around for quite a while in the industry, so I always love to hear the story. So tell us how you got into this crazy business and your journey to where you're at now with SimPay. So I got into the business in uh, 2000. So uh, in college, I started a, a publishing company. We did credit card processing. I uh, beat cancer. And then after I beat cancer, we sold who's who books. And I didn't want to like rip off people anymore, right? Because it was a vanity play. There was no real benefit. Right. I remember those. People <laughs> being, being honored. Yeah. So yeah. what I did is I took two years off. And then as I was flying back from uh, Greece in August of 2000, I read a newspaper article in the Philadelphia Inquirer that talked about the usage of credit cards and how from the early 70s of Bank of America charge, uh, uh, master charge and things like that, regardless of what the economy did, it increased 15% right. year over year, regardless. So I said, okay, this is a great business that I want to get into. I then talked to my parents who were immigrants and had a couple pizza places. I talked to my aunts and uncles and their friends. And every single one of them said the same thing about, or one of three things about their reps. These people come in and lie about the savings. They lease me these super expensive credit card terminals, or they never return my call. So I said, okay, there's a multi-recurring revenue to be earned. If I service these people better than their previous guy, they're going to stay with me forever. So this is a real home run and I can help people, right? Ultimately, it's right. people like my parents who 
we're getting ripped off by sales reps because we've all come across it. We've been in this industry. Everybody that's been in the industry has heard it before. Are you going to be like the last uh, person that came in and over-promised and under-delivered? So I said, okay, let's do that. So then I, I called up the guy that signed me up. I said, hey, uh, listen, Dave, uh, his name was Dave Freeling. I said, you made a lot of money off of me, not understanding interchange, right? I'd like to get in your business because I thought you made the whole percentage. <laughs> and, and he said, okay, great. And my training was, I'm going to FedEx you some uh, applications. And they were for the Bank of the West at the time. Just go out and sign people up. Didn't explain to me qualified, non-qualified, mid-qualified, nothing. Because then it was all tiered. It wasn't tiered, really interchange. Yeah, right. And so I go out. What do you do? Go out to friends and family. I went out to my, uh, my one of my dad's friends who owns a diner across the street from where we started on the second floor of my parents' pizza place. And I said, hey, Gus. I can, uh, I can help you out doing this. I looked at their statements and I said, I can save you $1,000 a month. And he goes, really? I said, yes, guaranteed. And this was uh, in November. We started in late October, uh, the company. So this is in November. He goes, okay. He paid me $3,000 to save him $12,000 a year. I was like, this business is easy. He starts processing December 1st, January 5th. He calls me up. He said, hey, Laz, can you... Uh, come on down here. I said, why? What's up? I can help you over the phone. He goes, no, no, no. Just come on down. Not knowing that he thought I was one of these ripoff artists and he didn't want to say it over the phone because I would hang up and never call him back. Right. So I go down there and it's this big burly Greek guy. He has two pieces of paper in his hands, slaps it on the counter and says, can you tell me how you save me even $1, let alone the thousand dollars you promised me? And I'm looking at it. And I cost him $852.45. Never forget it, ever. And I said, I'm so sorry. I call up Dave Freeling. I said, Dave, I quoted the guy. The guy was paying this and some other fees. And I quoted him 1.47 cents uh, for 1.47% and 15 cents. And he's paying more money. He goes, yeah, what about mids and nons? I said, what's a mid and non? He goes, didn't you read the contract? I said, you didn't tell me about a mid and non. You told me this in my buy rate. <laughs> <clears throat> what I need to know? I thought that was all junk fees. He goes, no, it's not. What I did is I immediately went home. I got a check, wrote him out a check for the 3000 plus the, 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 the 852 plus a stub period of the six days, let him out of his contract. And then what I immediately did is went on the green sheet. I don't know if you remember that from, well, I think it still exists. I, I right? write for the, I've been writing She's, for the green sheet yeah. since the late nineties. So. Yeah, yeah, so so in 2000, the, the heyday so. of the green sheet. Form, right. right? I remember. remember. Like it was me, Mike Nardi, uh, Jared Isaacman, right? all these people uh, on the green sheet. And I devoured you, you, I remember those everything. conferences that Paul would do, right? You guys yeah, were all, yeah. that's where I first met you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was amazing. And I learned everything and I learned a very valuable lesson in it. What it did is it, created our core value of our company of always standing behind what we say, right? Is do not overpromise, do not talk about something you don't know. And I devoured and learned about interchange and everything I could. Uh, needs to say the company started growing. Uh, we were in Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing privately held companies, nine times out of 10 from 2005 to 2015. And But along that journey, what I started noticing are other industries that touched the same small and medium-sized business owner that had similar economics, meaning monthly recurring revenue, as long as I service you well, and they had issues. So payroll, right? My taxes weren't paid correctly. My employees' names are misspelled 17 times in a row, and it just caused me to get into that. Then I started looking at other industries, insurance being one of, uh, one of them, 
um, marketing, online ordering, and things like that, that create monthly recurring revenue. We're not interested. We always talk about a horizontally uh, integrated platform. I don't want to get into aprons and uniforms. What I want to do is services that business owners that take away from driving their passion. My parents didn't get into pizza to be able to call the payroll guy and then the credit card guy and their insurance guy and this guy and that guy to make sure they got in there to make some pizzas to make people happy and bring home money. And what we did is we created that horizontally integrated platform, all the essential business services that create monthly recurring revenue or to our sales reps, uh, residualized income for forever as long as we service them. That's a long way of saying that's a yeah, but but, it. but it's interesting and 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 it kind of I was telling um James before you got on that I knew that you and I and you know when I saw your name it's like oh I've talked to him before but I forgot it was that far back and I oh, do yeah. remember I mean Jared was just a <laughs> young kid um at the time and you were pretty young yourself so yeah we were all young um, you were all I wasn't we, as young we, as Jared obviously but no yeah. no I think he was the he had the the thing there you know the he topped you all there yeah let me you know. This is a really interesting topic that I really appreciate, Laz, because, you know, it seems to me that we, we're an industry that's sort of like laser focused on processing, processing payment, you know, and, yeah. you know, it seems to me, I mean, I've always marveled at why, um, you know, wondering why more ISOs and, and acquirers don't get into ancillary businesses. So I was wondering, maybe you could explain to our audience a little bit more detail about why you chose this route to add other services, because obviously it adds uh, complexity and cost, you know, so what's the payoff? What's the big picture? So for us, what we found is that by add, yes, it adds complexity. It's, it's hard creating, it's like four or five different companies that we're running, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and product lines much easier just to be a credit card processor that integrates into software. And that's all I do. Right. right. But the reason that we did it is what we look at is attrition rates, right? Mm -hmm. I can have a much smaller piece of the pie. If I keep my attrition down, what we notice is we add products right in this industry. Traditionally it's around 22 to 24% right. uh, attrition a year. We're, we're well below that even on single service. But what we notice is we go from single service to two services that attrition rate, our, our traditional attrition rate reduces by 20%. We go from two to three services, our, our attrition rate reduces by 70 to 75%. Right. So what sure. does that mean to us? I don't have to board as many accounts each right. month to be able to keep revenue because what happens in the traditional uh, credit card processing uh, house is 24 to 25% of their new sales go to just recreating their, their old sales filling in that bucket and that you're running on a hamster wheel mm -hmm. because there's going to be a time where you stop growing. Right. And then when you stop, when you stop growing, and even if you're doing a thousand new merchants a month, you stop growing, you're just filling in the old and your revenue is not growing. So what do I need to do? I need to create junk fees. I need to raise rates. I need to do all these different things so that I can show my shareholders. I am, I, I'm being more successful. I'm right. growing revenue. Right. What we're looking at is growing revenue with being fair to the customer. So we're taking a much larger percentage of the wallet because they already spend money on these business services. You can't operate without business insurance. You can't 
pay employees without a payroll company. Well, you could do it yourself, but it's a headache, right? It's a headache. You can't, you can't do online marketing very easily. You can't do uh, online ordering. You can't do the credit card processing, like these different services. You right. need to bundle them together. You already need it. We're just making it easier. You call one number the, 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 and they have pull now. That one business that does the average $30,000 a month in credit card processing is at first data, for example, or Fiserv, I should say, is going to be treated like nothing. They're going to treat Walmart way better than they treat that mm-hmm. one merchant. For us, because of the size of the wallet share that that, that merchant means to us, we take care of them better because they mean more to us. Okay, so what about the the, the agents, you know, the sales reps? Um, you know, we have that whole idea of hunters and farmers, right? And yep. it's always struck me that, you know, most payment professionals really struggle, you know, um, going beyond, you know, just payment processing. You know, they struggle with selling those additional services. What are you doing at SimPay? To solve this problem, I mean, are you getting different types of agents? Is it is it in your training? Uh, is it in your corporate? Mo- it has to be more than a corporate mantra to really make a difference, right? Up until last year, we thought we can change everybody. Yeah, we had bankers, we had everybody coming to us and saying, <laughs> "Everybody there. is excited. How are you going to create these people that can sell all your services?" I said, "You just watch. We're going to create the Navy SEALs." My answer today is much different than it was last okay. last year because people are resistant. Yeah, people are resistant, resistant to, to change. change. Yeah, they yeah. don't want to le- uh, learn it. So what we've done is what we call it is is like it's throwing it over the fence, right? What we do is we have insurance specialists that sell the insurance. Anyway, insurance is different because you have to be a licensed insurance right. agent to be able to sell insurance in the United States. Right. But that's that's one of them. We throw it over the fence. They still earn revenue and income from that. Payroll, the same thing. Anybody can learn payroll. It's very simple, but some people don't want to learn it. We also have inside sales payroll people that our people throw it over the fence to. Same thing with like integrations and ISVs. It's very hard for somebody a feet on the street to be able to sell or, uh, an ISV. But what we do is we then help them. They throw it over the fence. It's a cross-pollination policy that we have, right? And, and, and practice where you throw it over the fence, you still get the benefit and our experts go in and, and really take care of it for them. So what you're saying, just to just to clarify, okay, the, the feet on the street are out there. They're selling payment processing. They're saying, hey, by the way, you may need business insurance. You may need payroll. They say, yeah, that's a good idea. The agent comes back. He hands off those two leads yep. to inside specialists. Yep. Okay. And so that we stole something from Staples so that they don't sue us. We call it the easy, they hit the easy button, right? So, <laughs> and whenever we, whenever our inside team sells one, they always send around the thing, you know, somebody executed on the easy button. We just make it simple for them. And the agents still make money on that. Right, And it right. still helps their portfolio. It reduces attrition. It does everything that, that, that they need. Cool. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about it to me, Laz? Uh, I mean, uh, Patty can vouch for this. I think probably two, maybe even longer than that, two years ago or longer, I did this series on hunters and farmers. Right. And I talked about why is no one doing this? Like these salespeople are so good at hunting, you know? Yeah. They go out and they get a merchant account. They close them on the spot or the next day and they have a sale. You know what I mean? And it's like, we're trying to turn these people into farmers. And it's like, 
They're not farmers. They're hunters. And put, and put the put the put the goat from uh, from Jurassic Park with the T Rex. The T Rex is going <laughs> to eat it, but it's not very happy about eating it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so then when I started learning more about Senpei, probably about six months ago, I was we hadn't talked until just recently. But about six months ago, I started becoming more familiar with what you were doing, and I'm like, hey, somebody actually does this. This is incredible. Right. So I love it. I think it's fantastic. So so let's let's dig in here a little bit and talk about more specifics. So. Uh, let's see here. Let's pick a service to start with. Um, let's start off with payroll processing. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, the easiest one, like you mentioned to kind of understand, talk about just real quickly, elevator pitch. What's the rationale for adding payroll processing to payment processing? What's the appeal of that service? And then maybe any insights on maybe why an ISO would want to add that to their, to what they sell. Well, uh, first it comes down to trust, right? The merchant is already trusting us with their money. Right. And for us, we can now make it more simple. The traditional payroll company has to worry, is this payroll going to be good? Do I have to have them extend on when they can fund the payroll so that I can pay it out to guarantee against any NSFs, right? Well, we we know their credit card processing. We have predictability of, of revenue. We have an unfair advantage. We underwrite them just like we do merchant accounts, which the payroll industry doesn't do, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason that it's easy, the for the merchant, it's easy. We allow them to shorten up the funding span. We allow them a little more latitude. We, we allow them to do things that a normal payroll company wouldn't do. Yeah. For the sales rep, right? Everybody has problems. So when I'm going in and I'm helping you find a solution to whatever your credit card processing problem is, saying, what do you guys do for payroll? Usually it's going to be, oh my God, I hate my payroll company. They Last week they did this. Uh, they, did you read in the in the news where that company ran off with all the tax dollars, right? Right, right. Because there's no, there's, there's no registration or governing. We're, right. we're, we, we register with Visa. We're, we have to do it. We have a bank sponsor behind us. And we're not the normal payroll company. We have a little more cachet or a little more uh, gravitas than, than they do. So that, that's the difference and it's easy. And then the, the beautiful thing is the metrics, right? If you're gonna make, for example, the, the industry average is around 2,400, 2,600 per year net margin on a uh, processing account. Right. Generally, that means somebody's gonna have around 11 to 15 employees. What that means is I'm taking the 2,400 that I'm splitting, I'm now upping that up to around 4,000. So the money that I'm making per merchant is going higher or what we like talking about is basis points, right? Right. Right now, let's say you're at one, one, 100 basis points on processing volume, adding that in, you're about 150. Adding in uh, insurance, you're somewhere around 200. So what you're doing is you just doubled your merchant count with one merchant. Right, right, right. So, yeah. And what, what you're saying too is that if I heard this correctly, Laz, is that you sort of have an inside uh, take on what the cash flow is like. So yeah. you understand, you know, unlike a payroll company, you're like, oh, okay, this this they're taking in this much in credit card receipts. I can infer from that that they'll have enough or not enough. To exactly, make especially bonus time in the winter, right? At Christmas, mm -hmm. a lot of bonuses go out. Uh -huh. well, the payroll company doesn't see that their volume spiked a hundred percent, right? They don't know any of that. We 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 have a little more predictability with what we see. Yeah. Right, right. That's super interesting. Okay, cool. so. We're just kind of doing the quick hits here on some of these services. Um, business insurance, it really intrigued me that you're doing that one because of the license issue, mm -hmm. for one thing. Um, but I'm curious, I guess, and you touched on this a second ago, but how much additional margin kind of is there with, with doing the insurance? And then also, how receptive are business owners to having that conversation? I mean, is that something that's, you know, another, I guess what I'm trying to say is, 
payroll and processing, I get more of a pain point, right? Oh, I'm, I'm paying so much. Do you see that with insurance or what's kind of yeah. the, what's the rationale for the sales aspect, you know? So let's start at the simplest form of insurance for a payroll company or is it work, workman's comp, right. right? Sure. We hear a lot of, of frustration around workman's comp, paying too much, the yeah. percentage is being too high, pay as you go, they have to pay in the beginning of the year and then get audited at the end of the year. Right. So because we're a payroll company too, we get to predict that better with our with our carriers, right? So, and that's the first natural step. So now if somebody's trusting us with one insurance policy, within the year, they're gonna go, oh, why don't you look at my general liability? We can also compete a lot more on price because we have all this other stack of money we're making. Right. Right. So we don't have to charge like an independent agency that's, that's quoting them to be able to make all their money. We can come in a little cheaper because we're bundling everything together, right? right? right, right and right. so that's, and that goes then to auto, uh, uh, commercial auto insurance, everything that goes around the business. We don't do personal stuff. We right. stay really in the, in the commercial field. And what it does is, again, for us, it just makes it simple. And we know the pulse of the business, right? We look at it. We know when they're hiring more employees. Hey, did you know you have to add more coverage? Like traditional insurance companies don't know these things. They have to rely on a payroll company to call them. Or when we see processing volumes going through the roof, we get to call them up and say, hey, listen, you know, you, you're only insured for like 200,000. And last month you did 200,000. You sure you don't want to increase your policy? So we have insight that normal uh, separate service companies don't have, which wow. then goes back yeah. to the servicing of customers. Sure, sure. Oh, that's really cool. Awesome. Okay, so I've got one more I want to highlight, and that's marketing. And this yeah, that's one, a good one. This one I really am interested on, Laz, because I'm really into marketing. And, and so, you know, our company, we do a lot of this. And one of the reasons I know the inside scoop on this, because I've worked on the consulting side with a lot of companies that are, oh, we're going to do marketing, you know, for our clients. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Because with marketing, there's so much variation. You know, it's one thing with payroll processing or payment processing. You know, the operational side is, you know, it's not easy, but I mean, it's pretty well established. Marketing, it's like, what do you do? So, you know, are, are you doing Facebook ads? Are you doing, you know, like, how is this all structured? So I'm kind of curious, two things. One is, how are you structuring? Like, I mean, is this like you have employees at SimPay that are doing marketing for small business owners or is it more outsourced? And then also, <clears throat> what's been your kind of strategy or insight into how do you package these services together in order to make something that's easy to sell that's like X per month or whatever? I'm just curious, kind of your, your big picture on that, you know? So that, what we've done is we don't have employees in house that do it. We've made partnerships with, with some really great companies that, that are helping do that, right? Yeah. And the way we're, we're bucketing it, it, when we look at it, growth is growth, right? So our first foray into growth was with Simpay Eats. What Simpay Eats is, it's a competitor to like an Uber Eats or a DoorDash. Right. And the reason that we went down that, again, my, my family, my children's godparents, are into pizza. And during the pandemic, they all went to Uber and they all went to DoorDash and all the other delivery services. Yep. And what we see is traditionally they're paying 30%. Yep. Well, if anybody knows anything about business, but more importantly about the restaurant business, there's not 30% of profit that you can do. Right. Right. And, right. and, and the platforms aren't letting you really have two different menus. So what we did is we created um, something that integrates into the, the website of the, uh, the business owner. Right. And what it does is it then presents the menu so they can order on it, right? We charge a low fee of anywhere from 195 to 250 And what we do is they can order on there. It goes into the, the merchant's business, right? We have a, a tablet for it. And then it's some POSs that we integrate with, it goes straight into the POS. But more importantly, it also allows them to do delivery to it. 
So we've connected to companies like food to you that use the same drivers as Uber, as Postmates, as, as DoorDash, as, uh, and allows them to do it. But what we did is we created something unique where the pizza place can say, for the first mile or two from the place, we're going to deliver it ourselves. We only right. want you to do the delivery service outside that range. Sure. Or they can also say, hey, today, 15 of my drivers are sick with COVID. I need you to do everything. They can right. change it on the fly. Wow, or I'm getting slammed, awesome. keep doing it. And then it's only the normal credit card processing rates. It's that's, not these, yeah. these huge 30%. So it, it's a huge thing. And within that, there's an integration with, with, uh, with Google and Google Places and getting reviews and things like that. Our second step is working with SEO and SEM companies to be able to create packages, local ranked packages. So based on IP or whatever, so that we can then advertise Facebook, and Facebook ads are going down, not many people on there, but ways and different different platforms like that to drive traffic. Now, we're not saints. Again, it, we're quite uh, selfish because the more money, that more business that goes into these business owners, the more they process, the more employees they par, uh, hire sure. and the more insurance they need. It, right. It's a win-win. It's yeah. a win for them because they're making more money. It's a win for us because what it does is it drives up uh, the volume for us. Sure, right. sure. Actually, that's really cool. You know, I think I might have used one of those services um, that you're talking about because it was like I remember for a local pizza joint that, mm -hmm. and it was like, um, you know, normally they wouldn't deliver where I am out in the middle of nowhere, but they, you know, during COVID, it was like, oh, and it was a very simple, simple menu. You know that I just checked off like you explained, and I thought to myself, whoever's doing this is doing a good job of yeah. competing against Uber Eats because yeah, that and, would be and, and the great thing we, we do is we're not building our brand with it. No, because it's pizza the place. pizza joint brand, right? Not one person knows that it's Simpay behind it. Right, right. right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Right. And the great thing is, again, whether it's our direct sales reps or indirect sales reps, right. we make money off of it too. Yeah, in this case, I knew it wasn't the pizza joint because it was too small of a pizza joint to yeah. have been been that sophisticated. But yeah. I think the average Joe would not have known that. Yeah, yeah. true. I think that's that's great. I think it's so important to you know, and we talk about that a lot last because it's one of those it's one of those external threats that our industry has been really uh, slow to notice. It's mm -hmm. like I didn't lose the restaurant. Well, no, but your volume is is down forty percent because exactly. it's all going to DoorDash and New Breeds. Right. And it's, they, you know, so I love And what that. we teach our, awesome. our, our pizza places, our restaurants is now, even if the sales come through Uber, whatever it comes in, put a menu or put a slip saying, hey, go, did you know you can right. do the same thing going to our right. site and you'll get 10% off? They right. still make yeah. 20%. And what you have to do is yeah. change the habits. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Because they're yeah. not going to, my, my own, uh, my, my, my own brother, uh, brother-in-law, wouldn't change it. What he says, I can't. I said, do it slowly. I understand all this money is coming. You're not making money on it, but fine. Top line is coming in from there. Do it slowly and start right. transitioning. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I love it. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to take a, a, you know, a hard pivot here. So before I get to the, because I want to have a chance for you to, to tell people about Senpay and where they can go to learn more. But before that, if you had to zoom way out 2023, you've got all this experience in the industry we have thousands of individual agents that are going to listen to this. You know, mm -hmm. they've gone through all these crazy changes, integrated payments, competing with Toast and Stripe and everybody else. What is your insight? If you had to share one thing, what would you tell these individual agents that would help them, do you think, to become successful 2023 and, and beyond in this industry? Stop being an order taker or a sales rep, right? Stop looking at it as in merchant services because, and I've been saying this for years, 
businesses, I don't care who they are, they're going to start adding technology in. Yes. To start looking, what is your technology play? I don't care that you don't have any um, a- any attrition, you don't think, until Toast comes in and steals the account, yeah. right? right? And then you can't integrate with Toast. Right. And then Toast goes public and raises, jacks rates up by 100%, right? So it, it's what you have to do is look at where you're going to be and be more of a consultant. What does that business owner need? How do you become invaluable to that business owner? By being a merchant service guy, they're looking at you as price. And that's all. Right. Become value. And, and we've been saying, and it's hard, choose companies that help you help you be valuable to, to your to your customer and you're gonna keep it forever. Yeah. I love it. I Good love advice. it. Great, great advice. Great advice. So Laz, uh, lastly here, I know a lot of our listeners are gonna want to reach out, learn more about what you're doing, potentially partnering with you. Where would you send them to learn more about uh Simpay and uh, partnering with you? So uh, first there's uh, our website, simpay.net. We have for partners, partners.simpay.net. Also on LinkedIn, we're, we're very uh, focused on LinkedIn and social. Uh, so Simpay on LinkedIn, uh, you, can, you can find us there or on Facebook or anything like that. Excellent. Love it. Awesome. Great stuff. Thank you. Patty, uh, right before we started recording this episode, uh-huh. I showed you some of our growth numbers. I know, I was amp. like, wow, you floored me with some of those numbers, yeah. James. So yeah. I'll, give our, I'll give our audience the teaser here. So ISOAMP, of course, is the leader in full service statement analysis and proposal generation for the industry here. And uh, so 20, I looked at 2021 uh-huh. and we tripled the number of statements. I looked at basically the first week of February, uh, right. 2021, then to 2022, we tripled the number of statements that we do per week. Right. Here's the real interesting number though. In 2022, we were doing uh, 34% of the statements were being turned around in 60 minutes or less. Yeah. Right. 34%. Which so, is great which in is, and of yeah. itself. In and of itself. I mean, most statement analysis departments guarantee same day turnaround, right? right? We were at 34% within an hour. Well, right. uh, in the last week, so we're recording this right now, it would have been last week was the first week of February. We once again tripled the number of statements that we do, okay, in, in, in that week. But here's the number. So we went from 34% turned on in under 60 minutes, 96% turned around in under 60 minutes, and 77% turned out in under 30 minutes. Which is really um, remarkable when you consider how many, to me, when you consider how many different formats and, and yes. states of disrepair some of these statements. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we don't, are. we're not, you know, what's cool is unlike some of our uh, competitors that are a few that are still really one or two that are still around, you know, you know, it's easy to say, well, yeah, we turn around really quick if you send us a native PDF document. Right. Like, that number includes when somebody sends us a scan that they took with their phone. Like, right? you know what I mean? We're and still it's ripped or it's crumpled yes. or, yeah, I've seen yeah. some of the statements that, you, that you've that right. you been reading and it is, and it's I've pretty, seen statements. pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. really so, cool. So if you're interested in learning more about that and you'd like to outsource statement analysis, honestly, we're really the only option out there right now. We're the only full service provider, meaning we're the only ones where you send us a statement. We do 100% of the work. 100% of the time, we guarantee accuracies on every single statement you send us, doesn't matter which pricing platform or if it's a scan or if it's a native PDF, we just take care of it. Same price for everybody. There's no there's no difference or there's right. no extra fee to, to help you with a statement or whatever. We just get it done. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you want to jump on board, head over to getisoamp.com, G-E-T-I-S-O-A-M-P.com. Click on get a demo, contact our team, and we would love to show you what we got. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you are an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training 
to get a free 14-day trial of our All Access Pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So, Patty, I want to do a little precursor to a full podcast episode I'm going to do in a few weeks, hopefully, where I'll have you interview me on this. But I am just in, like so surprised and excited by the success I'm seeing with my smaller ISO consulting clients building W-2 sales teams. Oh, interesting, because this is something you've been talking about for quite some time. It really is. And it and really so, is starting to take off now, huh? It, it's it's just so predictable. It's awesome. I love it. So I just want to give everybody a real quick, the you know two-minute version of like what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And I would encourage you to reach out to me. Uh, it's james at ccsalespro.com. You'll get a little autoresponder because I have so many consulting clients right now, but um, I promise you that my team will get back to you and set up a call directly with me if this is of interest. But here's what we're finding. So um, the idea is pretty simple. It's the idea of, you know, you are a successful sales professional in this industry. Maybe you've got a couple of staff and, you know, you're generating 30, 40, 50,000 a month in, in you know, profits. And you're like, what can I do to grow? Well, the mistake I keep seeing people make over and over and over and over again is I'm going to go get a couple of 1099s. I'm going to pay them straight commission. Right, right. It's a total headache and you're not going to make very much money. You could make way more money by just focusing on selling yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that's something you've said a lot over the years. Yes. Right. Alternatively, though, what you could do is you could make a goal of I want to have 10 full-time W-2 salespeople in my local market within 12 months. Okay, this is okay. a reasonable goal. And I've done it now so many times, probably, I don't know, 17, 18 times I've done this with a company. And I've got it into such a smooth <laughs> process now where the idea is we start with some strategy memos and consulting and okay, like what are we trying to accomplish? Um, how much capital do we need? Where are we going to get that capital? All these questions are answered. Right, it's, right. And, and this industry is so liquid. I mean, it's not like this is a big barrier, but let's figure out how we're going to do it. You know, then we move on to recruiting. I help you write the recruiting ads. I help you make an ebook that your potential recruits can download. I'll make a little video course that introduces them to the industry, whatever we need to do. Uh -huh. We go on Indeed or ZipRecruiter. Uh -huh. We find some salespeople locally, pay them a salary, but don't be scared. You're not going to lose a ton of money on this because we pay them a salary, but actually it's still performance-based salary because- That's what I was just going to ask. Yeah, okay. So yeah. performance-based, it's not like you're just- Spending you're not just money. throwing money away. The idea right. is you don't, it's not based on sales initially. And I'd get into all this on the consulting side. It's right. based on activity. So uh -huh. we want to recruit people that know how to sell. So if they go want, out and hit 10 stores. Right. The idea is selling you, 10, 10 right. stores. Exactly. Right. Usually it'll be like, you got to walk into 20 a day or make a certain number of calls or, you know, depending on right. the structure right. of it. But there's a, a, an amount of activity. And what we found is if you find people who know how to close, all you can do is get contacts. Yeah. Right. So we do that. Um, then we move into the training, putting the training program together for the new recruits, work on the sales management process. And then you basically have me on retainer for the remainder of the 12 months. We work together on the follow-up marketing efforts, getting the CRM going, ongoing sales management improvement. And it is insane. Like you can get 12 months in and you can have a team of agents that are doing 50, 60, 70 deals a month. Wow. And you're keeping the vast majority of the margin on these deals because yeah. you're paying them a salary plus, you know, whatever, a small percentage of residual right. income that they can invest over time. And that model works. And I'll tell you real quickly, the other thing about it, Laz just talked about this. The reason, one of the reasons it's so effective is this industry has changed a lot. And if you want to be successful in your market, you need to have expertise on certain things. Mm -hmm. Well, when you have this W-2 team, these are employees, they work for you. 
You right. can require them to be trained on a certain point of sale system. Sure. Right. You or can have on a certain product or, or service, right? You can you can point them at a certain vertical, right? Sure. Like you can do this is the model for the smaller operator. This is the model I'm seeing that is very successful. Um, there's a capital investment involved, both with working with me and of course you need some capital for payroll initially, right. but it's not nearly what you think it is. Meaning, uh -huh. you know, <clears throat> and and the value is unbelievable. Like the amount of uh, organizational value growth that you see mm -hmm. at, by that 12 months is ridiculous. So anyway, all that to say, um, that's really working well. Want to give you a little precursor. We'll do a full podcast on it later. Yeah. If you're interested in that, just reach out to me. It's james at ccsalespro.com. Great, James. Thanks. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. You know, James, there are naysayers out there. We always see them. But to me, there, there seems to be a lot of optimism about the economy. I'm optimistic, and I've seen a lot of data to that. Mm -hmm. uh, that you know lends leads me to believe to believe uh, this strongly. Um, for example, new research just commissioned by PaySafe found that uh, better than half of, of SMBs are optimistic about business this year. Mm, Fewer wow. than one in ten expect things to worsen. Wow! Well, that, yeah, really? I thought that was pretty significant. Yeah. you know they did a sample of about two hundred SMBs focused on brick and mortar and including restaurants. And 56% uh, said that uh, business will be better this year than it was in 2022. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, uh, obviously, few stores today rely exclusively on brick and mortar. You know, that's something that COVID did. Uh, about three out of four of those brick and mortar merchants surveyed do have an online presence. Um, and 62% said online activity, including social media is critical to their growth. Um, another important finding, an overwhelming majority, 80% consider payments and seamless checkout experiences to be critical to growth. Wow. Um, similar percentages consider these key for managing expenses and reducing costs. 70% 70, 70 want to prioritize integration of new payment technologies. 82% uh, believe modern integrated checkout experiences are important for attracting new customers. Uh, and 69% want to reduce the time customers spend at the checkout. And here's just one last thing that I thought was really interesting. While fixed you know, terminal card readers remain popular for in the brick and mortar um, world, 65% of merchants, brick and mortar merchants still use them. Many are looking to replace those in the next two years. 49% want to add smartphone-driven systems, such as those using QR codes. Wow. I thought wow. that was really telling, you know? Yeah. It suggests that there's a really, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity out there to sell new, um, you know, faster, more streamlined payment experiences. Love it. Wow, Patty, great information. Uh, really appreciate it. I think it goes well with the rest of our episode and I gives kind of that the data to this idea of the changes that we're seeing. Hopefully agents and ISOs are listening in on that and trying to adjust to the market reality. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. 
The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.